Hello and welcome to After the Bell Mirror Fighting's Boxing Show with me, Martin Dommen, with Barry Jones, if you haven't seen enough of him already this weekend, and with Declan Taylor. It's not quite the same big fight feel this week after a card shorn of its main event when Terry Harper withdrew injured from her world title unification clash. Instead, Joshua Boatze knocked down and knocked out Daniel Dos Santos. Barry, you were on commentary last night, so hopefully you were paying attention more than the rest of us. Uh, and not, not a moment too soon if my Twitter feed is anything to go by. Uh, it was a fight Boatze had to look good in, given Dos Santos' mediocre opposition to date. And he did that. He did. You know, it, it was an easy fight for him, let's be honest. And, and it looked like Dos Santos was one of those fighters who had no balance at all. But you know, you just it was the unknown factor there with him. His record was on paper decent. But you against one opposition. So, but I, I, I think Boatsy was his usual self. You know, he's he's calm and methodical in his approach. He doesn't rush anything. He has a good look at his opponent, and then when he saw the time was right, he got him out of there. And I think there's a few signs. You know, he, he clipped DeSantos with a with, with a couple of right hands, and DeSantos sort of span around. They looked really in trouble, but they weren't heavy shots. And it, it was and it was a, it was a sort of a strange. I don't think DeSantos was used to getting hit. That's what it looked like. It looked a weird weird scenario, but. The shot that finished it was a great shot. He, he went low with the jab to the body and then whipped that right hand over the top. And then DeSantos was out before he hit the floor. And then to add insult to injury, he hit him as he was going down as well. With, with, when looking back at the replay, it was a really good right hand also. And that was uh, with a bit of panic setting because he, he went face first. But luckily, he was okay and got up. And yeah. But a good win. A good, it was a good win against a guy who he, he was never going to lose to. That's the truth. But I think with Boatsy, it's important now to keep him busy against anyone. He needs to fight decent opposition, but the inactivity in his career is what's holding him back. So if he can get, if he can get some um, momentum, I guess is the, is the word that people use more than ever before nowadays. If you get more, some momentum in, in his in his career, keep busy. Then he's twenty eight, so he got he got time, but he hasn't got time to waste. Declan, should we look into his inactivity or should we look too much into his inactivity? I mean, Eddie Hearn alluded to holidays uh, often cropping up after fights, but he is inactive. And we're going to talk about someone like Josh Taylor later on, who I would argue almost had a perfect start to his career. You know, world title within 15 fights, uh, unified and, and undisputed perhaps next weekend. Someone like Buatsi, 28, as Barry said, so a bit younger, but... Last year, when he beat Kalic, that was after, I think, 400 days out. So I think people accepted, okay, come back into that kind of fight and then move on. But he didn't. And I haven't seen much to suggest there was anything untoward behind that. But as I said, should we look too much into it? I don't know. You never really know what's happening behind the scenes. But I do, I agree with you there. That felt like, last night felt like a sort of 6pm, 7pm fight somewhere on a card. Not a headliner. I mean, it was going to be chief support at worst, but and then obviously it became the headliner. But that's what it felt like, which is not a problem at his stage of the career. If he's having six of them a year, but if he's fighting two twice a year, it becomes a problem. I don't know what the crack is there. He was obviously a big star when he turned over off the back of the Olympics. I don't know if there was something contractual that you know, could only fight certain people or at certain times or had to be on TV. You know, they, all these sorts of things sometimes can skew the way in which a boxer moves, particularly in the early stages. But you're right. And I think, what was that? Is he 17 and 0 now? Something like that. I mean, yes. his, his manager, if you look no, at his manager... He's, he's 14 and up. He's 14 and up. If you look at his manager, what he was up to 
Anthony Joshua at 14 and 0. Obviously, different things, but this is a, st- a, a guy, Buatsi, who has everything, who has got you know a long and storied amateur career, which ended at the Olympics. It's not like he's learning on the job or anything like that. He should be Josh Taylor. There, you say, per- you know, perfect. Another sort of example of how he should be doing it. I don't know. I, as far as I can tell, he's not the sort of guy who goes missing and goes on holidays and, and goes, you know, doesn't live the life. Just look at the shape of him. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if we can read into it. I think the acid test now is what happens in the next year because he had that massive layoff after the Paraban fight in New York. But there were th- certain things happening now. I don't know if he had a hand injury. Obviously, the pandemic came. Then he finally came back and then it was like, right, okay, now we're going. But then he got his new trainer and it was a whole new setup. So then you sort of have to give him a little bit of leeway there. But again, if you've got a new trainer and you need a learning fight, you need one to just to get used to it. It's not ideal to be top of the bill. And that's what I mean about contractual things. Maybe that he has to be on TV or whatever. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want to cast dispersions, but that's happened in the past. And sometimes the, the devil is in the detail. But I think now you're right. What happens next? And the, the thing is, is, it's not like they're struggling for opponents for him. Now, this is the thing that annoys me mainly about this division is that sometimes it's like, well, where do we really go with it? Like, what, what, what do we do? It's not, we, we sort of, we're struggling a bit. He's got all sorts of people he could box next, let alone over the next two years. Um, that would be easy to make as well. So yeah, let him, let him off that one. And again, it's no, it's, you know, it's, it's not to discredit him because he did, did his job brilliantly last night and he showed that he's a guy who has everything and, and should be, operating at a much higher level than he is at the moment. Even Periban in that fight, um, it went longer than a lot of people expected, but that was a good sort of yardstick at that point. And that was ages ago. That was so long ago, Joshua's won his world titles back and, you know, moved on since then. It's it's mad that he's still here. Um, so, yeah, the next move is the big one. And luckily for everyone involved, there's all sorts of options they've got. I think there's too many people looking after him. And this sounds Maybe. weird because... Because you know you want people looking after you, and it, and it, and I'm not saying not doing the best, trying to do the best for him. But I think by trying to do the best for him, they're holding him back. Before you had a manager and a promoter. Sometimes they were the same people in the same office, but they couldn't be called the same because it was a conflict of interest. So you were told when you were fighting, pretty much. That's what it used to be, and that's not great. And I understand you know boxers having more control and having people look after it's a fantastic thing. But when you've got people trying to be too clever in your career trying to give you the perfect career, you're not going to get the perfect path to the top. Very few people do. Even if you get there, it's never usually the perfect path. So he should have had that Sullivan Barrera fight by now, maybe. I know he's only had 14 fights, but it's different now with, with the way boxing is. People have moved on quicker. And you just see that he's, but even though he might still be the best light heavyweight in the UK, he's behind in development-wise where, where, they, where some of the others have been. Callum Smith has boxed for a world title. And the Yard has boxed for a world title. You know, and, and Lyndon Arthur might very well box for a world title next. You know, it, it's, uh, Craig Richards has boxed for a world title. Yeah, Callum you know, Johnson Rich- as well. They've all done it. No, I mentioned Callum Johnson, didn't I? No, Callum Smith, you said, but he's... he's oh, Callum Smith, sorry, yeah, yeah. And Callum Smith, no, he's a light heavyweight. That's why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Callum, no, I meant Callum Johnson, of course, sorry. You know, what I mean is... And, and Joshua Boatsu, we all thought, to be honest, was the best. I know, I know some, like, like, Eaton Pro... Johnson before the uh, Watsi, but you know we thought he was he was like the best one, the one who was going to be the star, and he's the one who's still. So you don't see him anywhere near the world title yet, and that's mm. that's maybe a worry because talent wise, he he has potentially what it takes. And that that fourteen and zero as well, it is worth remembering that's 
like some people can get to 14 and 0 in two years. He's at, he's been going yeah. far longer than that. It's like 14 and 0, but he's only been boxing two or three times a year. That's the that's the worry. But and, and again, though, I think it's a case of I, I don't know this, but I think it might be. Here's a fight for you. Okay, but we want X amount. Yeah, no, we're, not, we're not doing half unless we get another zero on there, and they're trying to help him out. But sometimes you gotta sacrifice the short gains for the long gains. That's no good. That's, that money's not great now. But it gives you the experience to earn that big money down the line. But also, other people will say you take it while it's there. You you maximize what you what you can get right now because something could happen. You you might be out of boxing, you know, with with injuries or medicals or whatever it may be. So, you know, maybe take what what money's there and don't sell yourself short. But he's at the stage now where he has to take that 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 leap, regardless of what the financial gains are. If he has aspirations to be a world champion, he has to take that leap up to fringe world level now where he boxes like I said a Sullivan Barrera or somebody like that who, who's been around who's, who can still beat you but is still beatable it seems like a weird one as well because it doesn't it doesn't seem to be anyone who's holding him back or trying to protect him that no I don't think anyone's looking at him going he's not quite ready yet let's not push him on yet I can't see anyone in the whole team thinking that so that's why they've got to be something else going on you might be right about the money maybe they are overvaluing him because he was such a star and a big, you know, yeah. when, when people talked about, you know, if you got rid of Joshua and Fury and stuff, we're, we're struggling. Who's the next one? He was always sort of one, one of the ones in there from the start. So maybe that's why. But either way, he's got time on his side. And, and now hopefully the, the link up with Virgil Hunter works, because if that didn't, then that's sort of another restart. So that seems to be fruitful so far. I mean, it was last night. But um, yeah, I think the next, the next year is, I mean, you can say it for all boxers, but in terms of pivotal, to work to a career and where, where you go, I think this next year for him is obviously colossal. I don't think the Hunter thing's going to work. I don't think it's going to work out. So that's another 12 months out. <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't. I don't. Only because in the interview last night, he said something I, I didn't really hear properly, but he said something about, I'll be home for a while, then I'll add it. Whether I yeah, I noticed to, that. Yeah, yeah. Whether I go back to Oakland and start, or whether I start that was a bit strange. And, then go to, and that's not how Virgil Hunter likes to do business. Now, Virgil yeah. Hunter might. Might, might bend a little bit more now later in his life and of course and, and now he doesn't have wards there to consume his time but that's not historically that's not how Hunter likes to work he likes to have you all the time it's a constant teaching environment so it's not like a camp he wants you there 24-7 so but Josh Boazzi obviously doesn't think that you know that's a hard to be away from home and isolated for most of your life just for Potentially thirty six minutes of, of 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 your job is a, is a is a huge sacrifice, especially he, for a young man. So I don't know whether that's going to work out. But he, he used to say the same thing about Khan, didn't he? he? Used to say the same thing about Amir Khan. He'd go for a camp and then he'd clear off and wouldn't see him for ages. Yeah, and it's and like, how can he possibly work with that? Or at least, yeah. how can he maximise that? And that's the way everyone else works. So it's weird, isn't it? But because he, he's he only really had Andre Ward, really. That's how they've lived their life. But again, a lot of things, it's instilled in you from a young age with everything in life. So you get used to that. I remember when I when I won the world title, I stopped working. So I worked my whole career. I stopped working when I won the world title. The worst thing I ever did, by the way, when I packed my job in. And But then I had all the time to train three times a day. I used to just run in the morning and train in the evening, like for an hour and a half, a real hard session. And then I can split them. I can run in the morning and I can go like, down lunchtime and do some exercises and then do the boxing work at night. And I couldn't do it. My body wasn't used to it. I was only like 23. But my, I would be knackered all day. 
And then by the time I got to the evening session, I could barely throw a punch. So I have to go back to doing my normal my normal session because your body gets used to what you do. And I think that's, especially at his age, to be asked to do full-time camps or to go to the gym for, for like for like a month and just do teaching stuff and no physical stuff. You know, sometimes that, I'm not saying that might happen, but that's potentially what could be the, the case. It, you might just go, well, I can't do this now. This is just all that knowledge. You want that knowledge, but you want it on your terms. Mm. And we're talking about we're talking on the, on the term. Yeah, come, we don't know. We're just trying to second guess. But I think the fact that he said whether whether I train in the UK first and then go over to to Auckland, that just a little alarm bell rang in the back of my head. I thought I don't know if that's going to last too long. That partnership, which is a shame because stylistically, I think they're very suited. I had, I had a little alarm bell myself last week. He did an interview with Mike Costello, and Mike asked him basically what. What is it that Virgil Hunter is trying to instill in you? What's the philosophy here? And he just said, uh, just to win. And I was like, okay, but surely that's what all trainers, like, that's what everyone is trying to instill. You've got to win a boxing match. That's the whole point. I was sort of, I sort of wondered, unless he was be, trying to be protective of it and secretive, I thought, well, yeah, you would hope he wants you to win, but what's he actually te- teaching you? What's actually the plan and what's the, what's the way forward? And I thought, that's a bit strange. And I don't know if it's just because they haven't had that long together or like yeah. I say, yeah, he is trying to just keep it under his hat a little bit, but if it is that basic, I'm like, well, what's the point? And then he might start thinking that with Oakland. So that's another really interesting, uh, that's an interesting sort of vignette to his career. What's that going to do in the next six months? And I mean, let's not hope, let's hope it's not six months before we're talking about another Buatzi fight, to be honest. And yeah, it probably will be. And and, and uh, another thing as well is, and, and you know, trainers will hate me for this, is you're only as good as your fighter. And that's the truth. So as good as a trainer is, and they're worth their weight in gold, Boati's a good fight to whoever he's with. Yeah. So I think sometimes you get to a point and everyone can teach you something. Everyone can teach you something. And sometimes it's a, it's a different voice telling you exactly the same thing for you to get it. That's sometimes why, that's why you leave. That's why fighters leave other trainers. So the other guy says exactly the same stuff. He just says in a different way, a different voice, or you just stop listening to that guy. You know, that, that's sometimes how it works. And so, you know, you don't, the fight is, you know, Virgil Hunt's a great trainer. But Andre Ward's a great fighter. It was to say, would Andre Ward be a great fighter with someone else? He would. Some people have got natural ability. Joe Calzaghi's a world champion who ever trained him. His dad was suited to him. His dad was fantastic, but that's the truth. And the same, you know, I wouldn't have been no worse off if I was trained by somebody else. That's the truth. Or better, either, by the way. You know, that I, and so you're only as good as your fighter, but you, you can be a help. So the, the most important thing for a fighter and a trainer is that trust. Especially at this stage, when they when they're sort of almost there, is that trust in the in in the trainer that he's telling you the right stuff and in the corner, and that you're happy. I think you have to be comfortable with each other and comfortable in what you're doing. And and if that works, then then you know that knowledge will be taken on board. If it's not, if it doesn't work, you have to go where you where you feel happy, and that's just how it is. I must say, Oakland's tough as well. Like it's not it's not sort of a, a holiday yeah, over there. It's not I've been there. It's not you know you've been to the gym plenty of times. It's like. It's literally a unit in an industrial state and it's not like there's much going on there. And if you're struggling there, I remember speaking to Jason Quigley about, and he was in LA, he was in Venice Beach, like, you know, right in the heart of it. It was just, it just wasn't right for him. It was, you know, people didn't get his jokes. He didn't, he just felt alienated by it. And it's like, if you're not kind, you're right, Barry, you're right. If you're, if you're not, if that bit is not perfect, then you start asking questions of, well, what am I actually doing here? Like, what am I learning here? What, yeah. What am I actually picking? I could just be back at home here. I could work. There's all sorts of trainers in the UK. So I'm really interested to see how that one develops. And 
Um, they made the right noises yesterday, a couple of little, but, you know, um, I don't know. Let's hope that is something that brings him on and not something that delays him further. All being well, Buatsi will be out in the summer, according to Eddie Hearn, on a revamped fight card with fans. We shall see if that transpires. But the story of last night, surely, was Jason Cunningham. Victory on points over Gamal Yufai, dropped him three times in the first six rounds to win the European Super Bantamweight title. I, I, we've probably said this every other week for the last year, but there's, there has been, to be fair, over the last year, Barry, these little stories behind the, what's supposed to be the story. Uh, and Jason Cunningham certainly was that last night. He was brilliant. See, I never saw it. Like, I, th- I think I think Amal Yafai can be hit. It was pr- really evident last night, of course. But even before that, I thought he can be hit and he's going to get caught. But ultimately, I thought he'd just be too fresh, too strong. And that was too good for Cunningham, who would just who would do what he always does at, at the at the decent level, be very competitive, make you ask questions, but just not get over the line. You know, when you look at it, a guy with six defeats just won a European title, which is great for great for the sport and great for everyone involved, especially some guys who've lost one or two to say, listen, it's not the end of your career. Look what this kid's done. E box brilliant. I mean, his feet. I said something like I said I I I want a little one liner about if he wins the fight he, he should dip his left hand in gold because he was just for not that left hand of his was phenomenal he was from the southpaw stance he dropped him a few times with that left hand and he, but he couldn't miss Yafai with it and he was just so and the, but but it's what he did after he threw a punch he threw a punch he was once that back row touched his leg touched his back leg it was like an electric shock he span off the rope straight away got back in the centre of the ring and then popped Yafai with a jab and I just thought he was brilliant. And Yafai was, you know, didn't move, started to move his head at times. When he did, he had success, but he was chasing the fight very early after what was two knockdowns in, in after after five rounds. He, he, he'd won one round, but he knocked down twice in two of the other rounds and, and lost all the others. So he's chasing the fight then. So then you, it's hard to get it tactically, right? Because you've got to force the pace. And he tried, and the effort from, Yaf- from Yafai was fantastic. But we can't talk about him. You've got to talk about Cunningham was just superb. He was better than I ever thought. I thought this was going to be a real, you know, real t- touchy fight that wasn't going to be really exciting. And I couldn't have got it more wrong. It was just a treat. I wanted to go home. That's how good it was. After that fight, my night was done. No, I didn't want to do the last two fights. I thought, oh, this is a good, this is a good time to finish the show now because it was just a brilliant fight. And 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 I like to see it's a European title and, and it gets undervalued so often. But to those two kids last night. That was the biggest title you could ever win because they just give everything and and it showed and it was just it was just beautiful. I think the the movement of Cunningham, you no, know, his feet are covered in blood. Last night after he got off the ring, I'm telling you for a fact, it blisters and blood, and because he worked so hard, the pivots were were fantastic. He did everything. He he boxed the perfect fight to beat Yafai. Was it the case, Declan, that it was just something Yafai wasn't either used to or expecting? I mean, he, he has lost before. Uh, against Gavin McDonald, but was he taken by surprise? Yeah, I felt like it was one of those classic um, bubble sort of starts from him where after a round, like you hear him go back to the corner, you hear what McCracken said to him in the corner, like, you got, what are you doing? Like, what, you got to do this and this. You know, it was just, he was so off in the first round and we've seen that, like the same thing happened with Josh Warrington to a sort of different extent, but these bubbles seem to do it to people where they just box it, it, they don't start in the groove that they're used to. And then before you know it, like he's getting dropped by someone he wasn't expecting to hurt him. 
and he's getting pinged by that left hand. He literally can't get his head out of the way. And then you're just in a rut for the whole fight. To be fair to him, he did come back into it in a way. He wasn't winning the rounds necessarily, but, you know, he could have gone earlier um, and he hung in there for the whole fight. And But it just it was just a torrid night for him and Cunningham. Like, what a performance. Like Barry said there, you just know that his feet, and he mentioned it in the, uh, in the interview after, because the amount of pivots... And also there was one, I think it was quite early on, it was like in the third round or something, Yafai nearly went through the ropes. He missed him. Yeah. He put loaded up with the hook so much and, and Cunningham was behind him back in the centre ring. It was just like, it was so so nice to watch. It reminded me a bit of the Mark Leach win from last year, another bubble one where people weren't expecting against Kaz Ashfak, I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. That same sort of thing where he was a massive underdog and he just boxed to orders, got it absolutely bang on. And the key thing was, is that he managed to just keep it going for 12 rounds because like after six rounds, you, you and Adam on commentary were like, it's can't quite believe this is only halfway through because yeah. there's so much more that can happen here. So to be able to maintain it and get dropped himself, though it didn't get ruled as a knockdown in the end, but you know, I think it was a little sign that he was not unraveling, but you know, it could have gone that way and he didn't 12 rounds is a long time. And that was, the way that he boxed throughout was sensational. And I just love it. In bo- I'm, I'm, We all do. We obviously all love an underdog story, not to sort of excuse the pun given his tattoo across his chest, but hopefully now he makes some good money. I don't know if they'll look at a rematch or whatever, but you would think now he's got that belt. He's going to make a few quid now from his next one or two or whatever it might be. And that's what it's all about. And that's what all that graft that he would have put in with Steffi Ball is all about. You know what? It, it doesn't matter what he makes. I mean, just for him, but he's not going to make fortune there, but that's obvious. You know, yeah. It's just the wrong waiting. But he's European champion. Like he must, because especially the the way his career has gone, he just you just got to feel that I'm good enough to beat the guys, but I'm just not going to get it ever. No, I don't mean ripped off. I'm just I'm just not going to get over the line. You you must have that sort of feeling in the back of your head. As good as I, I think I can be good on my day, but I just think I'm just always going to fall a bit short. But I'll keep trying. But he's got over the line. He's a European champion, and forever now, forever. It almost doesn't matter now. He's not going to win a world title. But then we said that about European title, of course. But he's not going to get to that level. That's a different level altogether. But it doesn't matter what he does now. He's there. He's got a, he's got a real genuine European title belt. And they're walking. They're walking around the hotel last night. Steffi Bull, him, you know, Teddy Harp is here, and they're walking now like they own the place. Uh, Steffi's going. I got a British champion in Maxi Hughes. You know, European champion in Cunningham, a world champion in Teddy Harper, all from a little town called Doncaster. And it's actually quite it is it's quite amazing it isn't it just shows that you know success certainly breeds success and being around successful people inspires you and and i think that's worth a cunningham absolutely elsewhere Laron richards looked good winning every round against giovanni di carlos to win the european super middleweight title Tommy McCarthy knocked out Alexander Azure to win the European Cruiserweight title he now takes on chris Billum smith at fight camp in july now, there has been a lot, perhaps too much talk, about Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury fighting for all the belts at heavyweight. However, Josh Taylor can beat them both to it and become his country's first ever four-belt world champion next weekend when he takes on Jose Ramirez in Las Vegas. I feel like most people who are predicting this fight actually think Josh Taylor is going to go in there, do a job and finish it early. You know, We are talking two undefeated world champions, two belts apiece. Are we writing off Jose Ramirez? I mean, I say we. Is Jose Ramirez been written off too early, Barry? Maybe I. I just think no. I think Taylor beat has beaten the best super lightweight in pro grade. That's why. 
I think that's that's the truth. And um, and I thought he won. I even there's some people think he was lucky. I don't think he was lucky. I think it was a hard fight, but I thought I had Taylor winning, you know, not clear, but enough. Um but and Ramirez, you know, he's good and he but he doesn't do anything great, he just does everything good. And he but I think that people over in the States think that Ramirez can get in close and work hard and 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 I'll and I'll fight Taylor. And I think they're in for a shock. I really do. My only worry is and Ben Davis is a fantastic coach. And you know, some of the kids he's had recently, Box, you know, he's done a great job with. You know, you know, Lee McGregor maybe looked his best ever in his last fight, winning, award, winning the European title um, with, with Dave Davison in his corner. But is that this is a big fight to have really your first fight? Because that other one he had, that Kong Song, you know, one round blowout, wasn't really a fight. So this is a big fight to be with your trainer for the first time in your corner. And I just wonder what, how this, how he would if he would have tinkered too much with Taylor's style. I remember when Taylor Fox Progre, I thought Taylor had a really good chance, but I made Progre the slight favourite first of all because I worried that that Scottish grit and determination, if you want to be a stereotype, might be Taylor's undoing. He's going to get too much involved against a guy who's probably an actually a bigger puncher. But actually, that grit and determination and stubbornness is what won in the fight in the end. I feel so. You don't want to take any out of weight. And Ben Davison is really a very technical coach who likes to you know a thought behind everything you do rather than just sometimes having to switch off and go, you can have it. And that's what Taylor has. That, that's, that's, that's a special ingredient. It's 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 a it's a waste, it's a stupid ingredient if you can't do it and just have that in your brain, but you haven't got the tools. But if you have the tools like Taylor, it's a special ingredient to know when to go uh, switch the brain off and let's just have a war. And and he has that, and he gets it right most of the time. So I think Taylor wins. I, I'm I'm big on Taylor, but then I'm quite I'm slightly clouded because he's my favourite UK fighter. So you shouldn't be asking me this question. It's like asking a dad, oh, his son's going to get on in a swimming race in school. It's one of those. So, but I am. I'm a huge fan of him. I always have been. I just think he's it, he's he's his career is how you should bring on. And so so Declan's already sort of mentioned it. How you should bring on a real top amateur prospect. His career has been perfect. Managed, you know, just to the perfect point. You know, every fight has been a right fight to lead into the next one. It, it is a strange situation when you think about that, Declan, because he was managed very well. And in fact, he said himself that the issue with Barry and Shane McGregor was not the boxing. And it was not the, the being, you know, managed to, to 17 or 16 and oh, sorry, and being the unified world champion. It was other stuff. So he does have a new trainer in his first proper fight. It's quite a strange scenario, and it's a for everything. Yeah, I mean, it was strange, wasn't it, that he that anyone would leave the trainer after the biggest win of their career. I remember we spoke about that after the program win that that never happened. So yeah, it is interesting. Um, ben Davis, I must say, hasn't lost hasn't had a loser since 2015 when Tom Little lost to Dominic Akinladi. So he's on a run. So it'll be a big one. Um, uh, I mean. And that's some big, there's some big fights in there. There's some lesser ones. But, you know, I'm very interested to see how he gets on in this one because that's a proper game plan job, which is what Ben Davison would like to pride himself on, him and Lee Wiley, who he brought in as part of the team. Um, they will be looking for, like Barry says, how they can technically go about winning this fight. I think Taylor's got the tools to win it. I think Ramirez gets hit a bit too much and, and he's a little bit... Up and, a little bit sort of up and down, straightforward line-wise. And that's perfect for someone like Taylor or Southpaw who, with his ability. But like Barry said there, he does, 
he can get drawn into a fight. Like we saw it with Baranchik, and sometimes he doesn't need that. And that's the one thing I can see happening in this fight against someone like Ramirez, who really loves to mix it, and that's his only chance, is if he can just draw him into a proper war at any time, then who knows what what happens. So I'm interested to see how Ben Davison tempers that and how he possibly tries to manage that. And if he does just try and keep him away from it, then what does Taylor lose in that process? Does he does that take away something from him and from what he can do in this fight? But I think all things considered, and if you look at their resumes, look at their best performances, their worst performances, momentum, everything else, you have to say that Taylor is the big favourite. But there are those little caveats. And the, the Ben Davison one is a big one. And that's very interested to see what happens. And also Ben Davison work with Devin Haney now as well, you know, so it's like, He's, he's been busy. I mean, look, it's a unification fight. It's not like he wouldn't have been giving him his, his big time, his, his full attention, but you just never quite know how it comes out in the wash. Um, I wouldn't have it. I, I wouldn't have it, actually. No. This is not a slight on anyone. I'm not trying to dig anyone up, but if that was like my biggest fight in my life and my trainer was training someone else, I mean, if he's used to, if I'm used to having that, then fair enough. But if he's gone up and trained someone else as well, I'd be like, whoa, you know, for this, I need you. You, I, I gotta be. You gotta be consumed. Boxing is a selfish sport. Like it's, it's. You have to be selfish at some point in your, quite often in your career, and you have to be just self-absorbed, especially when you've got a fight coming up. So your whole life, it's like at home. You know, it's horrible for the the wife or a, or a girlfriend or a partner or a husband, whatever it is, of a fighter, on fight on fight, a build to a fight. It's a horrible thing to be, because everything's about you, whether food. What's on the telly? You no, know, what, 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 how the house looks? Everything, because you're looking, you just, you know, you're just, you're so focused on everything's got to be perfect that everything, everything's got to be perfect in your house. Everything's got to be this place. And you, you, you're just so like fidgety about stuff, and so I would want that trainer with me full time. Like, I don't. Where were you going? <laughs> Come here. I, I couldn't have it. So I, so you know, but they, they seem a happy camp. I gotta be yeah. honest. They do seem a happy camp. And I think, you know, Ben Davison at the minute, as I might just touched, you know, he's going to have lulls in his career. And, and also, you forget about, he has ambitions as well, yeah. like, to be fair. You know, and, and Devin Haynes is a real talent. And that's, a, that's you know, a potential him breaking into the US market as a trainer, which not many UK trainers have done. And so you can understand why he wants to do that. And if, But this Josh Taylor fight is not getting enough coverage for me. Forget about all these things going to win. That's no, true. It's a huge fight for British boxing. It, it's a real. It, it's it's the biggest fight so far. Like it's it, it's huge. It, it it dwarfs any other thing in my mind right now. Again, he's my favorite fighter, so it's difficult to to see anything else. But it's for everything against a gen. And this 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 is not like a a world class a world championship fight against two guys who are good. This is number one and number two, clearly by a million miles. Now progress, you no know, being beat, and you no know, and. For everything, and we all should be talking about it. We're not. We're talking about if Joshua's going to box New, New Fury, which is a, I know that's a bigger fight, but that's not happening yet. Or who's Dillian White going to box next? Or Derek Chisora? Is he going to carry on? Where really more of that pales in, in significance to me as how big this fight is. Like, you know, if it wasn't for sorry, if it wasn't for Fight TV, I'm not sure. Yeah. How we would even be watching it, you know? They've, but, they've sort of come in at the last minute once again. Exactly, and that's no, and we got to pay again. By the way, it's another payday, another pay you know, to another, and a lot of people won't watch this. By the way, a lot of people because 
you got to subscribe to another thing. I don't know if you can subscribe or just pay one off. I think you just pay like a, a, a pay-per-view type scenario. But either way, you got to go looking for it. And that's you no know, people don't want to just do that. That's why Sky has been so successful because you just press a button. You don't have to go looking for a pay-per-view. You just press it's advertised everywhere. You just press a button. Same with BT's um, pay-per-views. Just press a button, and that's people just you know we're lazy as, as a as a human race now. We're just lazy, aren't we? We don't want to look for anything. We just want to search. We have to press, and it's there. And this fight just not getting enough coverage. And I think shame on every major broadcaster. I don't know unless unless it was stupid money. I know it's on early hours in the morning, but unless it was absolutely silly money to have, you know, I think you take the hit for the if, if for the sake of the sport. No, if we're if we're showing Roy Jones versus Mike Tyson, and 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 Mayweather versus Paul, you know, you you might but you and then no, they obviously making money from those fights, and that's fair enough. But then that's not take a hit for this one, for us, please. Too late now. But they should have. They should have. I think they should have. Somebody should have. One thing I'm a little bit concerned about. I don't know. I can't remember. Was Taylor at the Saunders fight at the at the weekend in in? Dallas, did they, did he go with Davison? Either way, I don't know how. I don't know I how. Guess, it I guess he would have. I guess he would have. You would think he would, but I don't know how it works in America. But if there's anything like the bubbles here, I assume he's going to have to get tested on Tuesday, or whatever, before he can go in. All there were seventy thousand people there in a country where you know where there is yeah. COVID. I'm just hoping that everyone Davison was there in the corner. There's a lot of it's, it's, it looked normal that that fight. Just praying that nobody gets nobody gets a negative test and we don't get to see this one because that would just be a travesty. And it look it all just looked very loose. And I don't know if it's the same as it is here with the testing and everything else, but that is rigid. Um, so I won't be, you know, I'll be properly breathing a sigh of relief on Thursday or whatever when or Wednesday when they're all in and everyone's bubbled up and we're definitely going to get it. Good call, actually, mate. That is a really good call. We'll sort of blame you now if that happens. Fingers crossed. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Kiss of death. We will absolutely blame you. So we may not be back next weekend after <laughs> all. Uh, but if, if Declan is proved wrong and indeed everything goes well, we will be back to look back at Josh Taylor's undisputed world title fight with Jose Ramirez. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next week, take care.